Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey, you're on air with Ella, and I am coming to you live from the Dominican Republic. So I'm recording remotely. Thanks for bearing with me today. Welcome to the perfect diet part dos. I am following up episode 124 with Dr. John Berardi with my own take on the perfect diet. So why am I talking about this still? Because so many of you ask me sort of what my food rules are or what I eat or what I don't eat or what constitutes my perfect day. And some of you may actually believe that I follow a certain nutritional plan because we talk about it on the show. So for example, we had Leanne Vogel on and we talked about a keto diet and that may have led some of you to believe that that is something that I follow and in fact I don't. So I just wanted to sort of share my foodology with you and my take, not because you should do as I do, of course, but because I don't want to create any unnecessary mystery or confusion about what my diet, my what I'm going to call my foodology for the purposes of this episode, what my foodology constitutes, and just some basic tenets that I've come to understand as universally helpful, no matter which nutritional plan you pursue in any season of your life. So I thought it was useful to first acknowledge how many different diets and dietary plans there are out there. And of course, I'm not talking about diets in the restrictive sense, in the traditional diet with a capital D sense, where we're restricting calories and so on and so forth. I'm just talking about what nutritional lifestyle you pursue, but it's just a lot easier to call it your diet. Okay, guys, diet with a small D. And of course, there's everything from high fat and moderate protein and low carb to high carb, which tends to be very low fat, vegan, pescatarian or Mediterranean, paleo. There are countless foodologies out there for people to pursue or to test for themselves. I honestly think I have tried literally every single one. I can't think of anything I haven't tried. I've even pursued paleo as a non-meat eater, which was kind of a no-go, kind of a non-starter for me. And I think it's just super important to acknowledge the frustration of that yo-yo experience, not necessarily yo-yo dieting, right? Which is a term we hear a lot when we talk about going on diets, going off diets, going on diets, going off diets. And we're talking about that caloric restriction thing. But there is this yo-yoing effect for those of us who aren't stuck in that diet with a capital D mentality, but we are in fact still trying to land on that perfect nutritional plan for us that works for us. Because so many people on the interwebs and in social media, they make it sound as though they have landed on the perfect diet and all of a sudden their entire life changed, their body looks exactly the way they want it to, and it's effortless. 
That's my favorite word of all time in social media. It's absolutely effortless. It used to be so hard, but now it's absolutely effortless, right? I'm like, I want that. I want the effortless diet. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like, you know, what is wrong with me that I haven't landed on a singular lifestyle, a singular way of eating that works for me every day of my life in every season that I might be in and makes my life effortless. And I have this beautiful relationship with food. I have the exact lean muscle mass that I want to. Like, it's not that I don't believe that people find that experience. I just know that I haven't. And that's what I care about. And I know that some of you guys can relate. So I sat down to think about this. and I was like, well, what do we want from our quote, perfect diet? And there are lots of things, but for me, it's like, I want energy and vitality. I want to feel strong and and sharp, like mentally sharp, but I want to feel strong in my body and I want to feel good. I want to feel better because I ate and not worse. Novel idea, right? I want to feel confident in my body. I want to feel sexy and I want to feel just like I said, I think the word for me really is vitality and I want to feel vital and energetic no matter what I eat that day. Or I guess I should say that in reverse. I want to eat in a way that makes me feel all of those adjectives that I just threw at you. Okay. So I'm seeking energy and vitality, which are actually nouns, but okay. <laughs> You get the idea. <laughs> All right. So as we talked about with Dr. John Berardi, why isn't there like just one magic bullet for everybody? Well, as you already know, we are so different and we're different in different seasons of our life. But let's just keep it simple. Like we have different body types. We have different genetics. We have different budgets. That's a real thing. We have different lifestyle factors. Some people might exercise like a mad fiend and other people prefer leisurely movement. That matters enormously in how your diet might work best for you. We vary in our nutritional knowledge and our interest in nutrition. We vary in the amount of time that we're able to or willing to dedicate to our foodology. We also obviously have different ideological and philosophical preferences, right? Some people might not eat meat because it is completely against their ideology. Other people might pursue a nutritional lifestyle because of religious reasons. Your ethnicity, the region you live in, your culture, these all matter. There is no one magic bullet, which I think we covered very, very well in the previous episode 124 with Dr. John Berardi. Now, The conclusions that we sort of came to in that episode, just as a recap, is there's truly no such thing as one universal diet that works for everybody. But also, if there were, even that would change as you change. So your environmental factors, your lifestyle factors might change, your body changes, your body ages, your hormones change. And so even if you find the one thing that works for you, don't be surprised if that must evolve as you do. All right. But what we did deduce is that most popular diets actually have a lot in common. Remember, we talked about that. They help you feel better, not worse. They share a heavy emphasis on on eating real food over processed food in every case. And at the end of the day, every single one of them served to raise, you know, what we called your nutritional awareness. And just in paying attention to what you eat or when you eat it or why you're eating it, just the act of paying attention, just caring supports a better nutritional lifestyle than sleepwalking through life, right? So it almost in that regard didn't matter which path you pursued as long as you were conscious about your pursuit. 
ideally, whichever foodology you pursue is going to help you eliminate nutrient deficiencies, right? Like you're going to be focusing on foods that make you satisfied, that give you energy and don't leave you feeling hungrier. Many have an emphasis on protein, water, fiber content. It's not about going high, high protein. It's about getting enough protein. It's about focusing on fiber. So you feel full and you're getting that typically from plant foods and about water content, drinking water and making sure that you have enough foods in your day that have a water content in them to help you with your digestion and your overall hydration. At the end of the day, they honestly have quite a few things in common, despite their differences that some people get rather vehement about. (laughs) But I like to look for the commonalities in things. And I like to encourage people, of course, to be their own detective, as we talked about in an episode eons ago with Dr. Jade Tita. When you're your own detective, you pursue these different lifestyles. You see what works. You try to find foods that you love and that love you back, as my buddy Elizabeth Benton says. All of these things are true. And yet... And yet, very, very many of us, as I said at the beginning of the show, very, very many of us are still struggling with that magic bullet. And you know what? I've given up the search. I've given up the search officially. This just in, breaking news. I am no longer looking for the foodology, for the nutritional lifestyle that works for me. I'm adopting a much, much more flexible pursuit. I am so over trying to swing between different nutritional lifestyles. I mean, you guys, I have tried every, all the things. I've tried every single one, I promise you. And I mean, I even tried, how ridiculous is this? I tried to pursue keto. All right. For about an hour and a half. I tried to pursue keto and I don't eat meat. Like, do you have any idea how hard that is? <laughs> and I asked many of you on social media, those of you who do in fact pursue a low carb vegetarian or low carb vegan diet, I asked you for tips and tricks and honestly, I don't know how you do it. And the truth is, of course it's possible. Anything is possible. But when I actually sort of sat down with myself and said, self, wait a minute, you don't love this. Like, what do you actually want? What do you enjoy? What do you like? And myself, myself was like, (laughs) I like fruit a lot. (laughs) I exercise a lot. So why the hell shouldn't I eat some fruit? (laughs) Why? Where did these rules come from? And why did I decide it's good for me to be high fat, moderate protein and extremely low carb when I actually could probably live off of fruits and vegetables, fruits and vegetables for my entire life? Like it works for some people. It doesn't work for me. I need to do me and you guys need to do you and we all need to sit down and check in with ourselves and find out what we actually enjoy and now when i say that some of you will think well i enjoy oreos so i'm screwed (laughs) and i say no 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 what is higher self you the one that's pursuing energy and vitality what does higher self you actually enjoy what What gives you pleasure? Do you even remember anymore? I was so focused on what I should do. I swear to you, I forgot what I enjoyed. I forgot what I wanted. I forgot what I liked. And I have a theory. I think when we check in with our higher selves and ask ourselves what we want and what we enjoy and what will give us energy and vitality, I think when we ask ourselves questions like that, I think we give ourselves the answers. I think when we're paying attention, 
When we start with awareness and we ask our brain and our body questions, I think our brain and our body wants to answer them truthfully. And I don't think anyone who wants to feel sexy and strong and energetic and full of vitality, I don't think anyone's answer is going to be Oreos. I just don't. And if it is, then do the Oreo thing and then ask yourself again, like get that out of the way and get out of the deprivation mindset and sit with yourself and ask yourself again until you get to a real answer. So for those of you who actually care what my rules are in a very, in a very, very, very heavy so for those of you who actually care about what my quote rules are, um, I'll share them with you. And this again, this is based on my preference, not based on dogma. And that's really important because my dogma is not your dogma anyway, but my preferences aren't your preferences. And so the real lesson here, the real insight is to ask and to answer for yourself. But many of you are curious. And as I said before, I don't want to ever create any misconceptions that just because I do an interview about a particular foodology, that 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 is my foodology. So so let me share with you kind of in a messy, sloppy way what I like and what I don't do. Okay. So my foodology is best represented by, I think, author Michael Pollan's, uh, I think he, I think he authored this quote, and that is, eat real food, mostly plants. So simple, right? That's my foodology, but it's not exclusive. It's not exclusive of chocolate chip cookies and wine. <laughs> it's not exclusive of dessert when I want it. So my overarching foodology is eat real food, mostly plants. But I guess really it would be eat mostly real food and mostly plants because I leave room. I leave room for the other. So there are some things I don't do, like absolutely will not do. I don't do soda. I used to. Boy, did I used to. But I walked away from soda many years ago and I haven't gone back. So no soda, no sports drinks of any kind, not even vitamin water. So once I started paying attention I, and developing an awareness for what goes into that stuff, like, first of all, let's start with Gatorade and move right from there. So Gatorade, full of so many chemicals and so many artificial colors and just a bunch of junk that my body does not need. And it's just all marketing. It's just all marketing. And I say this to you as a triathlete. I would not drink Gatorade for the love. Okay. So flavored waters and Vita waters and all that sort of thing, vitamin waters. I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right. Um, it's been a long time, but I don't do flavored waters either. So I do sparkling water that have uh, many, not many times, but sometimes sparkling waters that have a little bit of artificial flavoring in them. So it's not that I won't let artificial flavors pass my lips. It's just that I no longer do those flavored bottled waters. I think you know what I'm referring to. I also don't do junk food. I'll do dessert. And I will snatch a chocolate chip cookie, uh, out of my son's cookie jar, but I don't do junk food like in a bag. <laughs> I don't do chips. I don't open bags and eat the junk food out of them. Like pick a junk food that comes in a bag and I'm probably not going to do it. Partially, actually 99% because they're not satisfying at all. So they're usually just salt or sugar and both leave me wanting more and it does just nothing for me. And once you stop, uh, you lose your taste for them. So no junk food in a bag for me. Now, what I will destroy and overeat is 
trail mixes in a bag, you know, dried fruit and nuts in a bag. Um, that's my junk food and I cannot be controlled. And so I just don't even buy it anymore because I just, I can't even humor myself. So again, I am so not holier than thou. I'm just trying to explain to you the evolution of my diet, which came from a very standard American diet place many moons ago and has been evolving and I'm sure will continue to evolve. Now, another thing that I don't do hardly at all is meat. And so, as I said, I came from a very standard American diet place, hot dogs, hamburgers, bologna with little flecks of colored things in them. I don't even want to know what I ate when I was a child. You know, fish sticks, that was like a regular mainstay. If it came out of a box, (laughs) I probably ate it sometime in the 80s. And I started moving away from meat in college, actually. And as an adult, I gave it up completely for over 20 years. I just didn't do meat. I tried meat again because I wasn't sure why I wasn't eating it anymore. Anyway, as it turns out, I just don't dig it. You guys, I just don't like it. And so this is not uh, like a moral judgment or anything. It's just not my jam. So I would make it for my husband and son, but I would not eat it myself. And I also don't make my own fish, although I'll eat good fish freshly caught somewhere. I won't typically make it for myself. So the meat thing has been very interesting. I'm going to take a little, a little sidestep here. So stick with me, but I told, uh, I told a lot of you on social media that my husband and I watched the documentary, What the Health, because people were begging me to respond to it and I'd never seen it. So I want to be informed. I want to be in the loop. So I watched the documentary, What the Health, which has been making the rounds on Netflix. If you haven't gotten your hands on it yet, you may want to watch it. I have a better recommendation for you at the end of this little, this little rabbit hole that I'm going to take you down for a moment. I am neither going to advocate for or rebut the what the health documentary. I mean, I'll, okay. Okay. I will a teeny. Um, if you want a full rebuttal, I will provide a link to Rob Wolf's full rebuttal of what the health disputing about 98% of its content. And I will share with you that I thought it was just ridiculously biased, like, and very, very inflammatory. <laughs> Okay. I also found it engaging and captivating. So I absolutely took information from it. There are pros and cons, but it was laughably biased toward a vegan lifestyle. And I can't talk about it without acknowledging that. But it did a couple of good things for my family when we watched it. One thing that the movie does really well was a reminder that the role that plants should play in a healthy diet and just the power of plants in a diet. So you can be plant-based or you can just eat a whole lot of plants in your diet. Nobody isn't going to be better off focusing on nutrient-dense plant-based foods. Another thing that the movie helped remind me of personally was that we are just so disconnected from our food supply, like so terribly disconnected from where our food comes from and what's in season and where our meat might actually be coming from and why that would even matter. And so that's always good to be reminded of. It also made me rethink the type of food that I buy and where it comes from and, you know, meat and dairy, especially it is a thousand percent pause for thought there. The movie talks about how corporate money has 
utterly polluted the food supply. And it's also been extremely detrimental to communities and ultimately to your body. And so it really tells that story quite well, including government-backed programs that are affecting what we eat and why, again, to our detriment. And that, and that content is just absolutely mind-blowing. One last insight that I was reminded of um, and that I benefited from, from the documentary, What the Health, is just the reminder that you don't need to eat meat to get protein. Um, certainly, you don't need to eat the quantities of meat that the Western world currently does, in fact, consume. But I was surprised. I, I'm always surprised. I'm reminded of this every once in a while, and I'm still always surprised at how much protein plant-based foods have. And so that was a good reminder. Now, let me wrap up this little sidestep, this little rabbit hole, by telling you that if you got anything out of the documentary, What the Health, or if you're at all curious, I need to remind you all of a documentary that came out, I want to say in 2008, but please forgive me if I'm getting that year wrong, called Food Inc. Now, Food Inc., was a very, very well-told story that covers some of these ideas in a more objective and factually-based way. And I watched it again because What the Health inspired me to watch Food, Inc. And I thought, gosh, every every person needs to see Food, Inc. Every child over, let's say, the age of 12, maybe, and every adult and everyone who's responsible for feeding themselves needs to see the movie Food, Inc. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that movie as well. Okay, so that was a sidestep. And let me bring you back to center here. So at the end of the day, after we watched that movie, my husband was like, Oh, my gosh, I am not eating meat. Like, he's he's British. Okay, this is a lot. This is a lot for him. He's like, I'm not eating meat. I'm going to at least give it up for 21 days until we go on vacation. And then, you know, whatever will be will be. And he gives up meat, doesn't touch meat. He maybe had eggs, maybe two to four eggs a week. Okay, max. So he was 99% vegan. And we just wrapped that up because we're on our vacation now as I'm, as I'm recording this. And so the joke was actually, it's not funny. And I wasn't kidding. He went vegan and like four days later, no, three days later, he had dropped weight. He was glowing. He felt amazing. He was ridiculous. He was like one of those people on social media who's like, I, I've changed everything. But what's interesting. And again, you guys, this man is six foot three. He's not a small dude and he likes his meat and his sugar, by the way. And he, his whole stomach deflated. It's now been 21 days or so, as I said, and he has not missed meat at all. He's had about three bites of meat since giving it up. And he's had bites because somebody has said, no, no, taste this, taste this, taste this. And he's did not going to put up a fight. So he literally has had about three bites of meat in 21 days. He has lost, I think now 14 pounds. It's so irritating. <laughs> I mean, I'm thrilled for him, but he's literally like, I think I'll go vegan and five pounds falls off of his body, but what else? Okay. So he is feeling amazing. And he said, you know, it's so interesting. He said, because I'm not, he's not interested in becoming like a card carrying vegan or anything. And he'll dabble here and there. But I don't think I can't imagine a world in which he will ever go back to consuming meat twice a day. 
And that is just profound. So, so set the merits of the what the health documentary aside. It's, uh, this is no longer about debating the merit of that documentary. It's about the impact that it had on my family. And I think just because it can, whatever experience he had, it resulted in him drastically reducing the role that meat played in his life. And it has been fascinating to watch and also irritating because I'm like, Oh, I think I'll have that cookie over there and I'll gain two pounds from the thought itself. And he thinks, oh, I think I'll be vegan for a month and five pounds just falls off of his person. <laughs> so welcome to my world. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so very, very little meat for me. Meat in my house is becoming more of a condiment than a main dish. And that's been very, very interesting. So at the end of the day, I say yes to a lot of things that do not fall into a saintly nutritional plan. I say yes to wine. I say yes to an occasional mixed drink. I say yes to sparkling water. I say yes to chocolate. I say yes to dessert. Uh, I don't do dessert at home, but if I'm at a fine restaurant and dessert is offered and it's something that it's like an experience, I am saying yes to that. Um, I say yes to protein bars and I wish I didn't. And I've drastically reduced my consumption of those, but I'm not above throwing down a protein bar every once in a while, even though it's made with total crap. Who am I kidding? I say yes to too much fruit. You know, anyone else who's trying to be a lean, mean fighting machine is probably not eating as much fruit as I am. I say yes to volume. I'm a volume eater. I like to feel full. I struggle with walking away from a meal until I feel fully satisfied. So I say yes to volume. So these are just some things I say yes to that other people who are more dogmatic than I, you know, might say no in the interest of their very best body. But you know what I want, you guys? I want my very best life. Like I'm so over, you know, counting anything. I don't count carbs. I don't count any macros. I sure as hell don't count calories. If I count anything, I count food groups. So what I mean by that is if I have been freebasing nuts for the first half of the day, then I know I just need to not have any more for the rest of the day. Or if I go really heavy on fruit in the morning, then, you know, I won't have fruit that afternoon. Or if I have not had enough protein or enough vegetables, then I will make sure that I include those food groups. So this may be of interest to some of you. I found that counting macros, uh, you know, protein, fat, carbohydrates, and counting calories, it's just a nightmare. That's just not how I want to live. And again, this is just my experience. Please do not feel defensive if this is working for you. You do you. I'm just talking about me. We're still stuck on like Ella's foodology right now. Counting food groups is not something I do really consciously. It's just something that I pay attention to. And that seems to work very well for me. But I'm going to actually put that in the common sense category. I don't consider that any kind of food philosophy. It's just something that I pay attention to. Now, if I have any other rules and, and some of these are actual rules that I have to, their habits, I suppose is a better way to say them. I really don't do bread because super starches just make me blow up and make me uncomfortable and they do not contribute to me feeling good or vital or sexy. So I just don't. They don't love me back. So I've learned really not to love them. I don't miss bread. I very rarely eat it and I don't miss it. Another habit that I have is I drink water first in the day. Why? Because I don't love it. 
I don't love water. So I get up in the morning and I chug maybe 32 ounces. And so that I've at least got that initial hydration down. And then I've already got, you know, I've got that box checked for at least several hours and then I can go back and do it again later. But I make myself drink water first. It's a habit that I've developed that I've cultivated on purpose. And I also have a rule around the evening, a habit that I've created. And that is I've created the habit of eating lighter later and no snacking at night. So snacking at night is, I think, honestly, pretty harmful if you're trying to maintain any kind of physique that you're after or lose weight, maybe. I think snacking at night can be so mindless. At least that was my experience. And it's not even usually due to hunger. Now, if I were voraciously hungry at night, ain't nothing going to get in my way. <laughs> okay. But I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about snacking. I'm talking about sofa snacking or wandering through the kitchen to see what's in there. I just, I just don't do it. It's a habit and you can unlearn it. That's again, just my take. And I try to go lighter later because I prefer not to go to bed with a full stomach and intermittent fasting is something that I do that I, I do it for as long as it works for me. And then when I see that it's not anymore, I stop. But in general, I try not to eat after 8 p.m. if I can ever help it. And sometimes I can't if I'm traveling on business, for example. But I try not to eat after 8 p.m. And in my ideal world, I'm actually done eating by 6 p.m. I like to go to bed with a light stomach. So those are my rules, if you want to call them that, but truly I prefer to call them habits. And it's a really important point that I want to drive home with everybody. And that is at the end of the day, building habits is actually so much more useful, in my opinion, than trying to build dogma. So this is something that is extremely important to me. Habit-based lifestyle rather than diet-based lifestyle personally feels more rewarding. And so what does that look like for me? It means that I have a habit of consuming vegetables every single day. I have cultivated a habit of starting my day with water. I have cultivated a habit of moving my body six days a week, even if I don't consider it exercise. And really, I prefer seven. But I mean, I just don't feel good in a day if I don't move. But you know, sometimes life so I don't always. But I've cultivated a habit of movement, even on the days that I don't exercise, I have to move my body. I feel like that's what it was made for. So I've cultivated that habit. I've cultivated the habit now of getting up early. I get up much earlier than I used to and now without an alarm. Now, some of you crazies get up at 5 a.m. or 5.30. Some of you even get up before 5 a.m. I am not amongst that crowd, okay? But I'm gonna be up by 6 or 6.30 a.m. and get started on my day with some kind of exercise or some kind of healthy habit before I get started in the day. And I always am better for it. Always, always, always. I've cultivated the habit of getting enough sleep. I find that when I don't get enough sleep, I feel like I'm drunk. I'm walking through life drunk. I can't make a decision. I want to eat nothing but carbohydrates. Like I just, <laughs> I just cannot function. So I've cultivated the habit of getting quality sleep and getting enough of it. What habits have you cultivated and what habits are you trying to cultivate now or what habits are you trying to release? Because obviously we develop habits that work for us and that work 
against us. Now, I've started a mastermind group. It's very, very small. We will only have a limited number of people in it because I'm intentionally trying to keep it intimate because it's my very first one. But it will involve personal one-on-one coaching and peer-to-peer coaching and discussion. And again, that's why I want to keep it really small. And so if you want to know more about this private mastermind or coaching group, if you will, then I will link to that in the show notes as well. Okay, so that is just my take. I hope, 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 hope that this made you at least think I don't know if it's of use to share what's working for me or what generally works for me, but I do think it's useful for me to share with you that I struggle and I too want that magic bullet. And the more I embrace that there isn't one for me and the more I embrace really paying attention and really thinking about what I want and how I want to feel, that has been everything for me. So food for thought. You see what I did there. And I want to hear from you. What habits are you trying to cultivate? And what habits are you trying to release around food or lifestyle? And as always, what foodology is working for you? I'd love to hear from you. So talk to me in the comments for this show or on Facebook or Instagram. Join the conversation. All right. Love you guys. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.